Welcome to Gladness and Hunger. This is a podcast exploring the vocational magic of stories and soft skills. Frederick Beekner suggested that if you want a career satisfying to both soul and bank account, the key is to find where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. My name is Leanne W. Smith. I teach students how to get jobs as a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. I also write inspirational fiction. Welcome to today's conversation. I have long admired Frederick Meekner. A few years ago, I read through Listening to Your Life, a book of daily meditations from Meekner. And here was one of my favorite quotes from that book, which actually first appeared in The Hungering Dark. Humanity is like an enormous spider web, so that if you touch it anywhere, you set the whole thing trembling. As we move around this world, we too are setting the great spider web a tremble. The life that I touch for good or ill will touch another life, and that in turn, another, until who knows where the trembling stops or in what far place and time my touch will be felt. I don't know what that does for you, but I... I love it. It calls to me. Meekner uses words so beautifully, and I'm a great lover of words. As a writer, my goal is to weave them into a tapestry as beautiful as I can make it. Meekner is a master tapestry weaver. In addition to loving words and writing fiction, for the past 19 years, I've taught a business communication course at Lipscomb University. In this course, We're working to develop students' writing skills, presentation skills, people skills, and job search skills. The sharpening of a student's communication skills, what is often called their interpersonal skills or their soft skills, can help them reach their vocational goals. And because communication enriches all relationships, not just work relationships, I think what we talk about in this class has larger life applications. Having taught a business communication class for so long has given me a lot of fodder for soft skills discussions in this podcast. And so I look forward to sharing practical tips with you. Things as simple as stand up straight when you make a presentation. Because like Amy Cuddy told us in her TED Talk that went viral a few years ago, your own nonverbals have an impact on your confidence level. That's why I'm sitting up real straight right now while taping this episode. We begin this business communication course with a discussion of career planning. Folks like Dan Miller, a life coach in Franklin, who wrote the book 48 Days to the Work You Love, say that a career plan starts with a life plan. What's a life plan? It's beginning with the end in mind. It's thinking about what kind of legacy you want to leave, then setting priorities and action steps or habits to ensure that the legacy you hope to leave is, in fact, the legacy you leave. A story I like to share with students as we have this discussion is the story of Moses. Moses lived to be 120 years old, and he had a major turning point at every 40-year interval. First, Moses was born into a dangerous world. Pharaoh had ordered babies killed because the Israelites were so prolific. So Moses' parents prepare a floating basket and place him in the reeds of the Nile. His name, Moses, 
means water baby. He was drawn out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in the palace. As far as we know from what Scripture tells us, Moses knew he was a Hebrew, an Israelite, not an Egyptian, because when he was 40 years old, he saw an Egyptian taskmaster mistreating a Hebrew worker, and he stepped in to intervene. And it didn't go well. Moses ended up killing the Egyptian and hiding his body in the sand. The next day, Moses once again sees friction in the workyard, this time between two Hebrews, each descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just like Moses himself. When Moses once again intervenes, one of the men turns to him and says, in essence, what are you going to do about it? Kill me and hide my body in the sand? So Moses filled with fear and realizing that the matter is known, flees to the hills. He joins the clan of Jethro, marries Zipporah, and herds sheep for the next 40 years. Then one day he encounters a bush on fire, only it isn't burning up. When he approaches the bush, God tells him to remove his sandals because he now stands on holy ground. God has come to Moses, speaking to him through a burning bush with a job offer. Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and lead my people out. But Moses is not quick to accept this job offer. In fact, he tries more than once to deflect it. Thank you, but no, Lord. I'm not a good speaker. I can't help but wonder if Moses is thinking about how things went south 40 years ago. He tried to do a Hebrew a good turn when he was 40 and look where it got him, herding sheep for the next four decades. At 80, maybe he's thinking about a quiet retirement. As Moses declines, God asks him a couple of questions. One that I find really interesting is, who gave you that mouth you're calling bad? Another is, Moses, what's in your hand? Rick Warren explores this second question in his TED Talk, A Purpose-Driven Life. What's in your hand? Warren says that the staff in Moses' hand represented three things for Moses, his identity, his source of income, and his role of influence. Warren says that he sometimes meets with groups, like one time he met with a group of NBA players and said, what's in your hand? And it was a basketball That basketball represented their identity, their income, and their way to be influential in the world. It's a great question for anybody to consider. We fall, we get up. We lose, but we gain something in return. We love in spite of the risk. So much of life is conquering fear to reach the gifts that lie on the other side. That's a quote from my latest book, Alone in a Cabin, a contemporary romantic suspense about a woman who finds herself on her own again shortly after turning 50. I share that quote here at the midpoint of our conversation today as an encouragement for wherever you are on your own journey toward gladness and hunger. Information about me, my books, this podcast, and the content I teach can be found on my website at leannewsmith.com. As students think about what they want to major in, 
or employees consider their career trajectories and which ladders they want to climb. Identity and income tend to be forefront, tend to be in the forefront of their minds. But how many people consider that the career track they choose to follow will become their primary way to be influential in the world? Timothy Keller talks about this in his book, Every Good Endeavor. That when you consider your work, you should consider it as a sacred, holy way to contribute to the world. If Moses, at 80, had turned around and looked back over his shoulder at his life, he would have seen how he alone was uniquely positioned for the role God was calling him to. Perfectly credentialed, perfectly prepared. From 40 to 80, he had herded sheep, and from 80 to 120, he would shepherd a people. Last year, I had the privilege to conduct interviews with several women for a class that I teach, another class that I teach called Women in Business. And it was so clear to me in those conversations how each woman I talked to had been on a unique journey toward being herself, to live into her own God-given talents and circumstances. For example, Elaine Griffin is one of the women that I interviewed, and from a really young age, she used to do things like clean out the family refrigerator. And Elaine was our associate provost for institutional effectiveness. She became a nurse mainly because she had a younger sister that was very ill and died young. And this nurse was so good for their family that back in that time, there weren't a whole lot of career options open to women. And Elaine was drawn to nursing. And all the jobs that she ever had, she was always trying to figure out ways to make everything more effective. That was her God-given talent. That was who she was. I loved talking to these women I loved seeing, it was clear to me in the conversations that I had with them, how gifted each one of them was by God with unique talents. And each, each woman's story really bore that out. Dan Miller, once again, that life coach in Franklin, says that the most important part of the equation for the job seeker, knowing yourself, knowing the market, and knowing the process, the most important part of that is knowing yourself. He also says that the most important outcome of working on your resume is that it prepares you to know how to tell your story. So in this podcast, we're going to talk a lot about self-exploration because the better you know yourself, the better positioned you are to leverage your skill set and to seek the opportunities that light the fire in your own soul. I recently had the privilege of hearing Richard Hughes talk about his latest book, The Grace of Troublesome Questions. He reminded the audience that when we read someone else's story, we can't help but think of our own story. And then he made the statement that your vocation is your story. That really resonated with me. Where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. My own deep gladness is in creating and curating words that offer both hope and insight, inspiration and practical tips in achieving your personal dreams. Why? Because for a long time, I didn't believe in the value of my own yearnings, and I lacked a blueprint for knowing how to get there. To know your own deep gladness, you have to listen to that voice telling you who you are and what you truly are best suited to offer the world. So pay attention to your God-given giftedness 
your God-given aptitude. Pay attention to how the experiences of your own life, family, place of birth, socioeconomic circumstances, the things and people who have shaped you and your belief system, all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Pay attention to all of that and ask yourself on a regular basis, what has God put in my hand? Sometimes it takes years of living to look back over your shoulder to see how it all made sense. It took me 50 years to figure out that God put words in my hand. I love to write them, and I love to speak them. But the words are really just a vehicle to hope and wisdom. This introductory episode has been a way for me to explain the name and premise of this podcast. In future episodes... My goal is to introduce you to someone whose life has proven a blessing to me. Their wisdom, their example, their faith, their stories. Sometimes this will be a live person I'm interviewing. Other times it might just be a book I've finished, or a song, or a movie. And I want to share the blessing that message or that story was to me in the hope that it proves to instruct or inspire you too. I hope our thoughts today have been encouraging and educational. I want to fan the flames of your hope. I want to offer you inspiration as you contribute your own God-given giftedness to the betterment of the world. I also want to offer you tangible, practical how-tos in making your own vocational dreams a reality. So, a few takeaways from today. First, consider writing a life plan. Second, seek to understand what God has placed in your hand. Third, offer that gift with courage and gratitude. And last, next time you have a presentation, stand up straight because your own nonverbals have an impact on you. Thank you for listening. May today's conversation fan the flames of your own dreams and offer you practical insights as you seek to satisfy the world's deep hunger with the gifts God has placed securely in your own hand. Until next time.